Ophelia, and welcome to my podcast, Hear Her Speak, where I speak about anything and everything. First and foremost, thank you so much to everybody who tuned into my first episode. I'm so grateful for all of your support and your kind words and comments, and I'm looking forward to what comes next with future episodes. So thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is titled, Dear White Friends and Coworkers, but if you can see, I put a little asterisk next to the word white because I don't only want to address white people in this episode, I also want to address anybody that benefits from the system of whiteness that we live in. Coworkers. I included them because I myself work in the healthcare field and my office space is majority white. Actually, I'm the only black person, so it's not majority. It's like 99%. But in the midst of the pandemic and everything that is going on, I don't think that should be an excuse to ignore the play of so many people, um, the anger, the protests, everything that has been going on. The pandemic is not an excuse to ignore that. I say that because as a healthcare worker, you're dedicating your life to serving people, preserving life, restoring life. And if that is your mission and your goal, you should also be caring about and be angered about the lives that are lost to injustice. Whether you are a nurse, doctor, PA, NP, whatever healthcare provider you are, the same energy that you tell your patients to avoid bread and pasta, carbohydrates is the same energy you need to be using to check your coworkers and your patients when they say problematic things because lives are literally depending on it. The healthcare system itself is already buried and built on racism, but that's another episode, so we will address that another day. First, to start off, I want to just read the definition of racism according to Google. Prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. I find a lot of issues with this definition solely because it doesn't truly encompass the depth of racism and how it has been so crucial to the foundation of our society um, and how it continues to contribute to our institutions today. This definition also kind of creates this imaginary box where someone can read it and say, well, I don't judge people based on their skin color. I don't call anybody the N-word. I don't agree with the KKK. Therefore, I am not a racist. And at this point, not being a racist is not enough. Angela Davis says this in a quote so perfectly. In a racist society, it is not enough to be a non-racist. We must be anti-racist. This is the new standard. Not being a racist is the bare minimum. So in order to be active against racism, you have to be an anti-racist. If you're not going to do that, you're practicing passivity, which is the acceptance of what happens without active response or resistance. So no, your knee is not on anybody's neck, but know that your decision to be passive is affecting lives and is contributing to the death 
of Black lives, um, contributing to the deaths of, of brown lives and other lives who have been marginalized for so long. So I think all of that is important because it gives us the right frame of mind as we jump into the next part of this episode. But before I jump into that, I just want to say a brief thank you to the white and non-Black people who have been so active in speaking out genuinely and passionately. This time has really brought to light that there are people who care and there are actually people who don't care that mask that by seeming like they care. If that doesn't make sense, I'm sorry, but if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I mean. It's the people in your life who seem to care about you, but their actions and their words in the last few weeks has shown something different. So if you have not reached out to a Black friend, I encourage you to do so. Just know that there won't always be a response because as I said in my first episode, everyone is grieving in different ways. If you don't have any Black friends in your circle, that's something to consider and ask yourself why. And I also wanted to put an S at the end of friends because some of you, I don't, I'm not coming for anybody's life, but some of you have one Black friend that you use as a token to get by in a lot of spaces and you actually need to stop what you're doing. So what are some of the things that Um, white and non-white people who benefit from whiteness, what can they do in order to be working towards the goal of being anti-racist? I came up with a list of six things and just know that I am not a scholar of any sort. I'm a basic girl living in a corrupt world who just has a lot of thoughts. So I tried to organize what I was thinking to put it into kind of an organized list. So number one, calm down, take time, cool off. I don't know how to say it in other ways, but the biggest thing I've noticed in having conversations is that people are automatically building this wall of defensiveness because they're feeling attacked. As soon as somebody feels like they have to defend themselves in a conversation or in a discussion, They're no longer listening to hear, but they're listening to speak. And if you are doing that, you might as well end the conversation because you're already starting off on the wrong foot. So calm down, take a deep breath, open up your ears, open up your heart, and please try to receive what somebody is saying. Number two, educate yourself. Education happens in different stages, right? So there are some white and non-white people who are just coming to realize for the first time in their lives that racism is an issue. Then there are other white and non-white people who have been doing anti-racist work for years and for decades. Either way, education is so crucial in deconstructing and unlearning the things that are taught in our school systems, in your homes, growing up as truths, things that are actually very rooted in racist ideas. It's important that you're educating yourself because you can't put the expectation on Black people to recount history and their own personal racial trauma because that's honestly what it is. I've personally been in situations where I've been on the fence about whether you know, is this an opportunity for me to share with this person or um, should I just keep quiet? And 
honestly, like, that's not my job. If you want to maybe, like, cash at me some money, then it'll sway me to maybe lean towards educating you. But otherwise, there are so many other resources that are out there. There are films, there are documentaries, there are books, there are scholars, there are podcasts. There are so many resources out there. And in this day and age, when everything is literally in the palm of your hands by clicking one button on your phone or clicking one button on your laptop, there's honestly no excuse to not be educating yourself. Number three, stop crying. I don't want to be harsh when I say this, but this is honestly just the byproduct of growing up in a Ghanaian household. If you're from a similar background or immigrant background, you know. It's okay to cry and to feel the emotions that really signify that you're um, just sympathizing with all that has been felt by so many people for so long. But your tears and your guilt in it of itself will not do anything towards anti-racist work. Eventually, you have to understand that the emotions you feel have to be converted into action. So that leads me to number four. What can you do? Everybody brings different skills to the table. So whether that's donating money to organizations that are doing work in Black communities or on the front lines, whether it's going to a protest. I think the biggest work really gets done in your circle of friends, in conversations with your family members. Because while it may be uncomfortable to check people when they say things that are racist, things that are problematic, just know that that discomfort is something that so many of us feel every single day that we walk outside of our door. So figure out what you can do to help and get to step in. Number five, correction. You constantly have to be evaluating yourself. And if you can accept that you're going to be making mistakes, that you're not going to be seeing things perfectly all the time, you free yourself from the pressure of feeling like you're going to say the wrong thing, so why say anything at all? I say this because there are some people who feel that silence is the better option over speaking out and making a mistake, but I think the best option is to just check yourself before you wreck yourself, as Ice Cube said. If you can do that, I think that will help you so much in your growth and in your journey in being active against racism. The last step is number six, is just to repeat. Whether you are starting on step one, two, three, whether you are seasoned in this, just know that it is almost a lifelong commitment. It actually is a lifelong commitment. It's not almost. It's a lifelong commitment to fight against racism because Personally, when I was young, I figured that as soon as the elderly people die that were born back in the day, that will really solve all these issues that we have with racism. But because it's so entrenched in just the soil of our nation, it's something that cannot be eradicated by a generation of people um, dying. It's really going to take people speaking out and being active. So that's kind of all of the steps that I think could be important. And as I've said before, I am not a scholar. So 
you know, if this is helpful, that's amazing. But if you feel like you need to go deeper, definitely check out all the other people who are so much more knowledgeable than I am. I have two jobs and being a customer service representative is not one of them. But if you do want to reach out, I can definitely send you some links and just some, you know, just like an anti-racism starter pack to really just help you in your journey as you begin this work. If you do want to reach out, be sure to find me on Facebook, hear her speak on Instagram underscore hear her speak, or you can send me an email at askertospeak at gmail.com. Otherwise, thank you to all of those who took the time to listen in on this episode. I appreciate you and until next time, be blessed.